All right, today we're here with Zarif Hawk, founder and CEO of Draver, and Federico Ranero, COO of Kavak. This is Amplify, a retail automotive podcast brought to you by Reuters Events and DeSoto. It's time to make the most innovative voices in retail automotive louder. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Man, our first two guest podcast. Four person podcast. Whoa. How are we going to get all this in? Y'all better talk fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then everybody's going to put it on 1.75 speed when they listen and be like, how does it? You know, fortunately, speaking slowly is not one of my virtues. So I'm going to speak very fast. Don't put it at 1.5. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how we do. Um, so, um, Zarif, we have uh, just met, but a little bit of familiarity with the company Draver. Why don't you just give us a quick little background? You're the founder, so. Yeah. You had the idea, and you implemented, and uh, here we are. You yeah. made it to the Amplify podcast. All right. Check that out. <laughs> well, thank you, for, uh, <laughs> thank you for having us. Um, yeah, Draver is a, a platform to move vehicles as, as fast as anyone in the world, to be very honest. We're in nine countries. Uh, we're moving over 6,000 units per day, uh, getting close to over 2 million units per year. And it's been an exciting uh, venture for us. Uh, car movement has always been something that's been really not sexy. It's uh, kind of the plumbing <laughs> of the industry, to be honest. But you know what? You have to have the, the cars in the right place at the right time to be able to make money. And we do it very well. And we do it very quickly. And uh, we've had the opportunity to expand into Mexico, partner with Kavak as well. Uh, learned a lot with them, too. And so it's been a pretty awesome journey. So uh, let's talk about... Kavak for a second. When we were teeing up, I hear this is the first unicorn in Mexico. Yeah, that's right. We started in 2016 in Mexico. Today we're present in 10 countries, 27 cities. We're the largest used car market platform in developing markets. We actually like markets where there's tons of frictions, right? From information asymmetries to bigger issues like fraud and safety financing constraints and we're looking to solve all that for the customer you say you like markets like that yeah because just we're actually, a challenge and we like the challenge we like changing people's lives as our mission says we want to empower people to drive further and we understand the asset as one that could actually change your life from a mobility perspective from a financial perspective and we're looking to solve all that for our customers Oh, this guy, he done done it just now. I'm sorry over here, Zarif. Hey, it's all good. a conversation right now. You have to. (laughs) Well, here's like, first of all, aligned mission, aligned vision. I love that. And this is something that I think in especially U.S. markets, we don't go back and remember the, the change that happened. Like, we just think about, Selling, servicing, getting cars in the right place, moving fast, and owning a vehicle is is just a rite of passage into adulthood. But what you're saying is in these developing markets, in these places, getting vehicles to someone is like literally an opportunity for life change. Yeah. And what's interesting is that's not all all different in an American context either. No. It's just we don't associate it anymore. But it's like, yeah, if you don't have a car, can't get to work. If you don't have a car, like all of these opportunities open up. And and I love that like a marketplace and, yeah. and, a, and a availability for vehicles is bringing that to the consumer side. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Actually, 
to give some perspective of how I figured this was a big problem and an opportunity as well in, in, in the way you mentioned it is. In my previous life, I was general manager of Uber in Mexico. It was uh, the third largest market worldwide, but I could summarize that my number one business constraint was vehicle access. So we had tons of demand, tons of supply of driver, drivers, but not of vehicles. So meaning a lot of people wanted to self-employ themselves, but they couldn't because there were so many prohibited barriers in the way that didn't allow them to get this work tool. So, you know, I became really obsessed with that problem. I decided to come and, and solve it uh, with Kavak and in the 10, 10 markets where we operate from Mexico, Brazil to Turkey and the Middle East. Wow. I mean, we honestly take it for granted here. I mean, right. Credits readily available. Car dealerships are everywhere. And we, we can actually trust who we buy from. Right. That's a luxury in many other countries. Yeah. That's where, you know, I think when I was speaking to Kavak, that's... Uh, the first few things, you know, that's, that really stuck out to me. Yeah. They're doing it well. That's amazing. So, and, and the, like you said, the plumbing to that, you just said like just access to vehicles. And so there's plumbing to that, to just moving vehicles around, getting those in the right places, making sure that people can have access to that. We, we take for granted, like a really competent highway system, <laughs> right? I'm yeah. sure that's something that you said you're in, uh, what, six countries, right? And then nine, Ka- yeah. uh, nine and then Kavaka's ten. in ten. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that one piece alone, I can't imagine in some countries that are less developed than, than the U.S. is probably a challenge that you've had to meet. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's even wilder. We, when we started piloting with Kavak, you know, we started learning about security issues, things that we never think about, like uh, a car being pulled over while a driver's moving it and then they're taking off the wheels and, and we've, switching we've seen it all. We've ones. seen it all. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you, you could go on, on and on about this stuff. And it's just like, you know what? But we have something that it's not going to be bulletproof, right? It's not the silver bullet, maybe. But we can get you really darn close to making sure that, you know, your, your assets will be safe and they'll get to where they need to be. So what, how are you taking some of those learnings? Because you are in multiple countries at this point. How are you taking learnings across borders and going, oh, we had to solve for this here. Maybe give an example of like, we had to... We, because we had to solve it over here, it also gave another country or another uh, company or another organization the ability to do the same thing, and that was good for their end, end goal. I mean, for us, it was, um, it's a relatively universal problem, but there's like little nuances that we learn about, like what I just told you. But it's been, it has been really easy with our partnership with Kavak because they've kind of been the trailblazer. And they've also been our primary customer in going into all these, you know, new areas. And so we have a partner that we can rely on, that we can trust, and that we can learn from while we do it. But, you know, honestly, it's a, it's a very universal problem, and our technology was built in a way to be universal everywhere, and they were able to prove it. Let's talk about the nature of the partnership, um, the best partnerships everybody learns from the other person. So I'm going to ask each of you, what are some of the things that you've learned since you've in, embarked on the partnership and you know started to integrate your systems and, and do business together? I can start. Actually, you know, I learned that human nature pushes you to be so arrogant to think that you can solve these things on your own. <laughs> the, the reality was, and I thought I knew a thing or two about tech and logistics coming from Uber, is that moving vehicles is something else man when you have to move your mode of transportation then you need a totally different logic to move the drivers in a different sequence in an orchestration than you do the vehicle themselves 
you need very specific processes before, during, after every movement to do each delivery as opposed to moving people or, or burgers around, right? So we quickly, uh, this guy pinged me probably six or seven times. I said, no. I said, we're going to build it. <laughs> and we then, do this. And we're going to your help. Yeah, exactly. It's a reef, yeah. whoever you are. And <laughs> then he wanted to, so to charge me whatever for a pilot that I refused. And Money. Then, exactly. <laughs> it was so much. It was, it was not priced for Mexican standards, trust me. <laughs> but uh, then, then we came to an agreement. And when we tried it, it literally doubled our productivity overnight from wow. two vehicles so that was the moment we from were driver left. per day to over four vehicles moved for, for driver per day. And that was just the software piece, right? Then um, we figured, well, these guys are for real. Uh, and we can turn, you know, a headache into a real value-added activity. When we have been building on top some of the things driver has built, some of, of the things that we have built, like data models and ability to collect proprietary data during the vehicle movements per se, to, for example, complement an initial diagnostic of the vehicle, or to make sure that the vehicle is in the CAVAC standard to be ready to be delivered for a customer, etc. And by doing that, we've been, been able to enable much more use cases for customers to simply allow them to push a button and get a service on demand at home. Mm. Be that an inspection, be that a maintenance pickup and drop-off, be that a trade-up or a trade-down. Because we understand customers have life events and we want to be there to help them at the push of the bottom to support them throughout their mobility or economic needs. All right, same same question from the other side, Reef. What what have you learned since the partnership? Man, I I've been in the car business for over twenty five years and I this company was built and designed for my own personal problems when I was operating. But when I went to Mexico and saw these operations it was eye-opening. I mean, this is probably going to date me, but there was an old-school movie called Gung Ho, right? I don't know if you remember that. Remember. Okay. Well, it was a game-changer for that movie. Well, this was a game-changer for me. I go into these facilities. They're moving like... They're repairing end-to-end -end over 4,000 units per month in one of many facilities. And so I immediately knew that they needed help with us. It was like a hand-in-glove fit. But when we... It was nice working with them because they were able to look at the industry in a different way. Like you said, you know, we, we take things for granted. We don't want to disrupt. You know, we talk about a lot of, you know, familiar subjects, right? And <laughs> we they, got all of our acronyms <laughs> down. We're good to go, right? We're all full. But they, but they, have, uh, they have absolutely said, look, we're not from the car business, but we were the consumer. And we know what it feels like. And let's build a business around that. And in the meantime, with our need, you know, we had life-changing needs or things that needed to be the impetus to change our lives. So let's better society in the process. And the way they're doing it is magical. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And what they, they can scale it. They're able to provide credit to people that would never have a chance or an opportunity that have, and their default rates are like absolutely close to zero, right? Wow. Like, so, I mean, it's just... It's, it's an amazing story that, you know, we were able to partner with them. But they, they helped me look at the, the industry in a different way. And I think you're going to see that a lot of that type of stuff will be coming here. As you start seeing consolidation of dealerships, you start seeing larger repair facilities, recon centers that you're already seeing. But in a way that will become a hub and spoke. And, you know, that's where we also feel like we'll be able to help and play here at home. 
Yeah, that's a big deal. No, I love I love that you just said hub and spoke because we talk about this a lot where the dealership actually has this ability to play just such it already plays a central model in our culture and community, but as we build these like slightly more consolidated ecosystems that are really built to serve the customer, right? Speed of movement, right? Even just down to, can I get the car quickly to the consumer? And that's a bunch of different ways that that happens, whether that be in service, whether that be in sales, whether that be in initial sales, with wherever that mapping is, it serves the customer in the end. And that hub and spoke mentality actually gives us more leverage to serve the customer better. Um, and And I love the heart behind, you know, every once in a while, you just meet someone that, that just surprises you, and, and it's been a fun surprise getting to know you guys. So thanks so much for coming on and sharing a little bit of Appreciate your story it. today. Thank you, Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Amplify podcast brought to you by Reuters Events and the SOTU. For more engaging episodes like this, subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about our hosts, Paul J. Daly and Cal Mountsier by visiting asotu.com. 